Hey guys, I'm Nick. And I'm Eugene. Welcome to Papercut. This week, we're doing Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. This entire story is part self-help book styled as a memoir. We start off with our main character, David Goggins, and he starts off as a fairly abused child. He didn't grow up in poverty necessarily. And he talks about how he goes into like the military. Well, that fails. And he goes back into his normal life. And he becomes depressed and overweight. And all of a sudden he decides, okay, I'm going to give it one last shot. I'm going to get into the military and see what happens from there. One of the hardest parts for him is he needs to complete this first phase of training. So he finishes and smashes that first phase of training after coming from obesity and getting himself down to a really good shape and passes those academic exams. And then he wants, he wants more. He wants to be a Navy SEAL. And so the only way you're going to get into the Navy SEALs is by more grueling training. I think it's the SEALs. But anyway, it's one of the really hard ones. He goes into his first course and after finishing about 80% of the course, the doctor said that he was too weak and he he was discharged, he was forced to go home. And he decides, screw it, I'm going to try again. And more or less the same thing happens where he's too injured at this point or something. He finishes 80% of it and is forced to go home. And by the third time, all his instructors are like, okay, we've seen this guy already. Like, let's just let him through it. He's just not going to give up. And he finishes it. And because most people would normally finish 20% of this the first time around and just quit. And he's just kept on going. That isn't his craziest stuff. So he eventually joins the Navy SEALs, complete training with the Navy SEALs, the Army Rangers, and the Air Force Tactical Air Controller Units. Like, he's the first man to complete all three of these. He decides, screw it, I'm going to do something for charity. Uh, He wants to do something for the fallen soldiers. And so what he does next is he decides to start running ultra marathons. And Eugene, holy shit. Do you know what ultra marathon is? So it's like a marathon on steroids? It's It's basically longer than a marathon. Anything longer than a marathon. So he wanted to do the hardest one there was. And one of the hardest ones is this one called Badlands whereby the incline is awful and the temperatures get so hot that you could literally fry an egg on the hood of a car. And so he wants to do that. And to qualify for that, you have to do some pre-qualification ultra runs. And so he finds this 100-kilometer run. And bear in mind, he's never trained up for this before. He just rocks up one day and goes, all right, I'm going to do this run. Everyone around him was like, prepping up, putting their tapes all over themselves, drinking their salts, getting the right nutrition, and he's just there, like, eating a Mars bar before running. And so he starts running halfway through, which is, like, 50 kilometers. He's like, fuck, I'm dying. I'm actually dying. And he keeps powering through, and he makes it to the very end, and where he collapses, he rises up again. Like, he makes it through to the end. He realizes, oh, shit, has been, shit was running down his leg, like, halfway through the entire thing. He goes to the toilet after all this somehow and he starts pissing and he starts pissing blood <laughs> and then his, his wife was like all right all right we need to get you to hospital so they get ambulance and the ambulance the paramedics were like sir your kidney's badly injured you've popped it or something like that so that sounds awful and he was the first and he he's only proud like he wouldn't recommend it to anyone like he's proud that he's like the first person to do this all and this is he doesn't even end here like he 
at one point he's like, fuck it, I'm just going to break the world record for world's most pull-ups. He, and he did it. He did it the first time, and that failed because he didn't take it seriously. Like, he did his pull-up over a 24-hour period, by the way. Uh-huh. He did his pull-ups, and then he was, like, taking pictures and not really getting the correct rest. And so he failed that first time. Second time, he was like, okay, I'm going to try harder. Failed that time as well. And the third time, he was like, all right, I'm going to do it all in. And he finally gets it. What is the number of most pull-ups in 24 hours, actually? I am very curious. Joey, get the camera. Get the, get the stats up, Joey. Mom, get the camera. Most pull-ups in 24 hours is... Um, what the fuck? The most pull-ups in 24 hours is 7,715. How many is that per hour? That's 321.45 pull-ups an hour. Oh, my God. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know which one's crazier, this one or the ultra marathon. Oh man, the ultra marathon one is I won't be able crazy. to, like, by the end of this, I won't be able to lift my arm, right? Well, that ultra marathon, though, is. Oh my god. Uh, there's so much technique in ultra marathons as well. So, yeah. he's nowadays, he's known for doing his, these ultra marathons. And he did the Badlands one and to train for it because he knew that the one that killed people was the heat. He just, he, you would see in summer day. Like, this guy running with, like, layers and layers of ski jackets on. Just to train himself for that shit. Oh, it's just inspiring uh, listening to all this. At the end of every chapter, he would end it with, like, a challenge for everyone. Like, this is what you should do if you're trying for self-help and stuff like that. Like, uh, listening to this story, right? Yeah. It does sound very inspiring and, like, him going through all those extremities and basically putting himself through hell to make himself a more a better person yeah but i'm just thinking you know how much of this is because his genetics allow him to do that ah i'm glad you brought that up actually because at one point i don't know where in the story but it was fairly late on i think he finished his um his military training already and he i think he was he finished a few ultra marathons he realized he couldn't run as much anymore he was getting really tired really early and so he went to the doctors, and the doctor found that he had a hole in his heart. It didn't just develop, but he was born with this. Oh okay? my... So he was already working from a disadvantage from the get-go. Okay, no excuses. No, ex- no excuses. Let's, let's pick up our ski jackets and go run in Nevada or something. <laughs> oh man, I could do that. I could do that. <laughs> I audiobooked this, okay? And I used to go for my runs listening to this. You listen to this shit, and you just get so excited you feel inspired and there was this one point where i was just running faster than i ever did you're like this guy with a hole in his heart can do it so can i right yeah definitely oh my god by the when i finished that chapter when i finished my run i was like on the verge of vomiting that is testament to good storytelling and a very inspiring story this is my problem with self-help books this is why i'm normally so reluctant to you know bring self-help books into this into this podcast Uh You know, for me, self-help is sometimes the reinforcement of the obvious. Everyone needs the reminder of the obvious at one point or another. Yeah. Because if you like self-help books, a lot of them are... They are saying what we already know. You don't read a self-help book and go, Oh, there's something new. It's more like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. You know, that's what self-help books are for, though. It's just to remind you of what to think of when. Not to give you a new idea. That's one way to look at it, and I'm like, that's all I'm saying. That's why it was quite refreshing to hear these things because sometimes you read a self help book, you go, 
And then you listen to this guy. He's just like he has it laid out. He has it. He has all the imagery laid out for you. Exactly. Like all the success that he has, the every little muscle, right? Everything. Like he, you know, you know what he's went through. He's gone through that in detail. You know that he's suffered. It's not like because if you have a lot of self help books, they just say I suffered without any context. Yeah. But, or someone else suffered. Oh yeah, exactly. And you're like, mate, you didn't even do this yourself. So <laughs> why are you writing this? Uh, have you ever heard the phrase "never trust the fat motivational speaker"? I have thought of it. I haven't heard it. <laughs> More of the story, like never trust the fat motivational speaker. They're just not taking their their words seriously. Yeah, a fat a fat uh, baseball coach, <laughs> a fat football coach. You see, I feel like they've they've actually done their time. Well, they, so like after now. thirty years old, after they retired, they just started eating Mars bars after Mars bars. Yeah. Uh, do you, do you see that fight with um, Roy Jones Jr. and uh, Tyson uh, and Mike Tyson the other day? No. Roy Jones Jr. is generally seen as the best boxer of all time, and he went up against Mike Tyson. Roy Jones at his prime was a skinny motherfucker, <laughs> and nowadays you look at him, you just go, okay, someone's had a had someone's a few a more than they should have, right? I mean, he's also quite old now. Yeah, well, fair enough. Fair like, enough. Fair enough. I can forgive, like, older, fatter coaches. Fat, yeah. young, motivational speakers. Gotta be careful with those. Oh, yeah, I know. I wouldn't recommend this book to people who are, like, depressed, going through bereavements or grief. But I feel like, like you know, like you said, sometimes you just need a pick-me-up. A little reminder. And this one is definitely the kick in the back that some people need. Really? The thing is, like, most people who pick up those kind of self-help books are people who are depressed or going through bereaved times, right? I mean, there are, some, there are definitely people like that. But there's some people who are just like, you know, they're stagnant. They're just not moving. They feel in life, at least. But because this one, like... But those people, they won't, they won't feel the need to pick up this book. It's only by chance that they'll pick up this book, though, actually. Potentially. I yeah. mean, if you feel like you're in a rut. I mean, I, that, that being said, if you're depressed, it's not the same as being in a rut. I guess so. Because if you're depressed, the last thing you want to hear is, you're being weak. Push. Push harder. Because all you want to hear is like, fuck, I, I just need some compassion. I know, I tell that to myself every day. You don't need to remind me. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you, don't, you don't need that. And this is, it's, that's why I say it's really not meant for people in those situations. Um, okay, I see what you mean. Yeah. There's some people who are like not happy with their lives, but they're not in that situation. Just like they don't know what to do, right? Yeah, and a then bit you, lost. you pick this up and you're like, okay. All right, no I just steroids. need to start shitting when I run, I run, <laughs> and then I'll be, I'll be successful. I mean, yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I guess the key and take- piss blood and piss blood. Don't forget that. I guess the key takeaway from all this is, you know, like from I quote this from the book: "Life is all mind games. So you master your mind, you master everything." All right, guys. That's all we have for today. Thank you for listening in. If you like what we do, follow us on Spotify. Just type in Papercut Podcast in your search bar or in any of your other preferred streaming sites. If you want to leave us a comment or let us know what you think, you can email us at papercut.cast at gmail.com or Instagram at papercut.cast, no caps. Or Twitter. At Papercut Podcast. One word, no caps. Look forward to seeing you guys next week for another episode. Until then, I'm Nick. And I'm Eugene. Peace. Out.